Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Hey, that worked okay, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Came through right away. No problems. Well, good, good. Well, I'm glad I, you know, there isn't a reciprocal problem with answer, <laughs> answering when I call you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, huh. we'll figure your situation out eventually. I'm not too worried about it. We can always connect. We'll, we'll find a way to connect. It's working. It's working. Yeah. So. <sighs> How's it going? Did you have a nice week off last week? <laughs> you know, um, first off, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. Um, it's been okay. Mother's Day in captivity here. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people right now. <laughs> yeah. So this week, this last week was just nutty uh, as far as like starting like last Friday, maybe even Thursday of last week. Sorry, not not this not this you know not just three days ago, but the previous week. Um, we have just got inundated with both greyhounds and applications, and wow. we moved twenty three dogs this week. Wow! We were able to place twenty three foster dogs this week. You guys are like a machine. <laughs> it's it really it's become like a. Uh, a part-time job on the side of doing our normal stuff. In fact, I didn't even work last week. I took the whole week off and just did basically oh. did Greyhound stuff all week long. That's how crazy it is right now. So, wow. Yeah. Fortunately I have that. I have that privilege that, um, to be able to, to take a little bit of time off and, and do this. Uh, it's temporary. We know that because racing will come to an end at the end of this year. So, it, it, you know, it's just it's a few more months and we should be able to get past all this. Yeah. It's yeah this thing's still moving for you, you know? Oh, man. It's craziness. So anyway, so that's what I, I was just I just had such a, a busy weekend last weekend. I was just exhausted by Sunday night and was able to get everything taken care of, though, this week. We're, we're looking good for next week. For sure. So, All right, well, that's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it is good. So anyway, um, well, do you want to jump right in? Get get started right away. Yeah, we can do that. It's fun. Okay. All right. Cool. I will kick us off. You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bonsai Retro Club. Um, Suzanne is here with me again. Hello, Suzanne. Hi. How are you doing? And, and I am Scott, as usual, with uh, talking about these these freaks and the geeks. 
uh, love this show. We Freaking are, and geeking. Yeah. We are up to episode uh, 10 now, and this one is called The Diary. So I had to – when I looked at the uh, the list of what was coming up for episode 10 and I saw the title of The Diary, I'm like, man, I really – I barely remember anything about it. So I busted out the DVD, and uh, my wife and I watched it just about an hour and a half ago. And we were able to, I, it brought back a lot of the memories. So there's a lot of good stuff in this episode that I totally forgot about. And it, it's very, very relatable in some, some situations. So um, the diary, do you recall this one? Mm, see, the thing is we had, um, we were looking at uh, books and books and the garage door. So I kind of reviewed those. Oh, but I no, guess no. I so we're supposed to be on, no, we're on 10 and 11, 12 and 13 are the. Uh, I thought oh. that was further down the line. That one garage door episode. Yeah. Um, that'd be, that'd be uh, next, next week or another okay. time. So, so the now diary. this is the one where, where the, where her parents decide that Kim is a bad influence and try to <laughs> yeah. separate them, which yeah. kind of, yeah, that, they, tell me, when does that not oh, backfire? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's true. It just did not work. And, <laughs> and am I recalling that it just turned Kim into, um, everybody seems to gravitate toward Lindsay's parents. Yeah. And, you know, it's Kim practically at that point, like, moved in, like, oh, please let me have dinner here. Oh, yeah, that was. Your house is so nice. Yeah, that was in the, uh. The one where they broke up with where Daniel and her got in that fight. So it was like an ah. episode or two ago. Mm, uh, that was okay. the Girlfriends and the Boyfriends episode. Uh, okay. And then we did We've Got Spirit, where Sam was the um, was the yeah. school mascot. For yeah, the creepy Nordic head. Yeah, that head, one. So, you know, thing. Yeah, so this one, um, it continues to build this relationship between Kim and, and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And so it, the episode starts out with them hitchhiking, and they're like, and and they're reading uh, Kerouac on the road in one of their classes right, right now. Yeah, and Lindsay's all uh, kind of bohemian and looking. Yeah, yeah, she's trying to get into it. She's like, oh, this uh-huh. this is an adventure, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so they get they get picked up. Her and Kim Kelly get picked up by this guy. That apparently knows her dad, and he uh, right. Lindsay, so instead of an adventure, Lindsay's she dad, gets busted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they cut to the next scene, and it's um, uh, Joe Flaherty, you know, Harold. He's got his thumb like right in the camera. Like they got this great shot of him with his thumb in the camera. He's like, you know what this is? This is a ticket to the back seat where somebody's gonna kill you. I mean, it's it's like really <laughs> hardcore. It's like, and he's like. And Lindsay, of course, is all, well, why you got to be so dramatic about all this? We're just hitchhiking. Yeah. So it, it was, um, it was. Yeah, you know, kids don't do that anymore. No. It's just not a thing. And you, and she, she was saying that he was overreacting. But if you look back, I listen to a lot of true crime, true, uh, true crime podcasts. Sorry. A little tongue-tied. Mm. So I listen to a lot of. Uh, crime podcasts and there's a lot of stuff that happened in the 70s and 80s that 
you really makes you think now, wow, there was a lot of weird stuff going on back then. People did get just snagged, you know, yeah. randomly. Well, it, it was not a, a great practice, uh, I'll tell you. But I remember a lot of people did it, especially guys. Uh, you know, it was a little different for guys that can defend mm. themselves a little mm-hmm. better. But I, I know girls who did it. I know one um, I know one girl talked me into doing it once, and I was scared to death. And after that, our friendship went quite downhill because, you know, I was kind of bullied into something that I was not prepared for. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a lovely story. I had <laughs> around, you know, around the same time when I was just breaking away from the geeky kids and becoming, you know, friends with the freaks of my school. Yeah. You're becoming Lindsay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And kind of got, um, you know, got to be friends with the the first cool girl who, you know, was kind of my Kim Kelly. Oh, wow. Who, okay. Yeah, who upon going to her house and spending the weekend with her, um, she really had, you know, same kind of thing. She had a very bad family life. Her mother was very sick. Um, her father was barely keeping it together. They had, like, nothing, like a house with, like, no furniture in it. It was very bizarre. But she insisted that we were going to go to the carnival. And didn't tell me that the way we were going to get there was we were going to hitchhike. Um, oh, and she is, I swear this could have been this. the episode, really. Exactly. I told you, these people, like, I, wow. I renamed them after everybody that I grew up with. But she told me, she said, you're coming with me, because we started walking a while first. She yeah. said, you're coming. She always called me by my last name. She said, you're coming with me, Greco. I'm leaving you here. And she says, you see this? And she pulls out of her sock. Like, you remember those compass things with the big point at the end that you would, like, do mathematical, yeah, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. She had a compass in yeah. her sock. So you, so could, that she you said, could do, don't you? Yeah, don't you, could draw, you could draw circles and stuff with it by putting it. Yeah, that's not what pin, she was yeah. thinking of doing, though. Yeah, <laughs> She's uh, like, don't worry, anybody bothers, bothers us, I'll kill them. Wow. And I was like, oh, God, I'm <laughs> myself into and, you know, after a while, I could not maintain that friendship. But in any case, I do remember that people actually did that. It was, you know, teenagers would get into the cars with strangers and drive around. It's bizarre. But anyway. Yeah. I Like when, when they first get into the back or when they first get into the car that, that picks them up, um, Kim Kelly sits in the front and Lindsay sits in the back and, and she's like, so, hey, are you from around these parts? She's, like, looking for a story, you know? She's looking for something fun and interesting. But it's just some dude that shops at her dad's store. Yeah, at the hardware <laughs> store. It's like, yeah, what are you... Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you about it. It's like, he picked her up, but not... Yeah. <laughs> just to, like, chastise and scold yeah. her. But, yeah, it was kind of sad. She's, and, and she was really looking for something, you know, like they were going to have all these stories to, you know, to tell their friends when they were done with their hitchhiking adventures, but it just did not pan out. No. <clears throat> so there's um there's a couple different there's a couple storylines going on in this episode. Uh this thing between uh Kim and Lindsay, of course, with uh they they get into an argument at one point where um her parents tell her that tell Lindsay Lindsay's parents tell her that she can't hang out with Kim Kelly anymore because they have dinner with Kim Kelly's mom at one point. Um, yeah, and she's nuts. That <laughs> <laughs> she is nuts. She's nuts. She's yeah. Um, the other storyline is one that 
a f like a few years previous to this would have been very very <clears throat> very relatable for me mm. um oh really yeah yeah um remember i i mentioned earlier that um i was always like a really small kid in like middle school and like freshman year but like this i relate to this more like in middle school this okay, this, so this storyline so i was always one of the last kids picked for for sports teams just because i was small it, well, I always was too. I, t yeah. I told you I look. I, I, I physically, I was like two years behind everybody else. Oh yeah. Well, if I and go not back, coordinated whatsoever. <laughs> if I go back far enough, like in the fifth grade, maybe the girls that were in. So we had we. I was in a school that was K through eight. Okay, so they had, mm. the middle school was like built right into it. Rough. Um. So I was like in fifth grade, and the girls that were like in sixth and seventh grade used to call me Nicholas from eight is enough. Oh, because oh. I was, I was the little guy, you know, I was like this. I, okay. I was this, I, I, I guess I was this cute little guy that they oh, left. I was going to say, I Nicholas hope that was at least a little endearing because yeah, he it was, was, it was brother kinda, everybody I mean, loved. It was, it was kind of nice. I mean, you know, I got a lot of attention from, I got old. I got attention from older girls, so you know, could I oh, really complain okay. that much? <laughs> okay. Especially when you're in like fifth grade, fifth sixth grade, you know, mm -hmm. you know, a seventh grader likes you. That's like a huge deal, right? <laughs> or, or maybe not, maybe not likes you, but you know, compliments you and makes it, you know, makes you feel yeah, good about yourself. Nice. Yeah. So. But at the same time, they were like, you know, oh, isn't he a cute little kid? So, <laughs> that, you know, that's kind of okay. demeaning at one point, so, in, in one way, too. But anyway. so Yeah, so Bill is in that situation, and he decides to retaliate oh, in a very hilarious manner. So, <laughs> Which this I remember. This kind, this is why you, do, you forget the incidents that were going on with Lindsay and Kim, because this was a really funny storyline. This was a really funny storyline. So Bill, um, he's not happy because he's not getting picked for the, for baseball and he thinks he could be better. Right. So mm. he, he goes into some office, uh, like the teacher's conference room or something. And he steals the list of phone numbers of, of all the teachers. Mm -hmm. And Coach Fredericks, which is, you know, um, I can never remember the actor's name from from Back to Tom's. the Future. Yeah, Tom's Tom something. What is his name? Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. Thomas, Tom Wilson. Thomas Wilson. Tom Wilson. Yeah, that's right. Um, he is the coach of the of the softball team, obviously, for phys ed or whatever they're in. Mm -hmm. And um, they decide to call him, and uh, Bill plays. He says, "Yeah, this is Mister Mister Crisp, Gordon Crisp's dad." And you know, he's he's playing it off like he says, "Well, you should give the other guys a chance on the team." He's not he's not really doing the the prank call yet, <laughs> okay. which gets even better. But he says, "Oh my you know, God, that's so yeah. funny." 
So he says, you know, this is Gordon Crisp's dad, and you should give them a chance every once in a while. So the next day, you know, uh, Coach Fredericks has Gordon Crisp as one of the team captains, and the other one is, uh, I don't know, I can't remember who else they picked, but Gordon Crisp, he's just like, I just want to play backup. So, you know, whatever. So Bill ends up being one of the team captains after he makes another call. But this call, <laughs> so he, he he's over at Neil's house, and and Neil's dad is there. And he's like, yeah, don't, you know, don't get too crazy with the prank calls because he figured it out that they were going to do prank calls. And then Bill calls Coach Fredericks and does this rant. <laughs> it's really, it's kind of disturbing. You, you like, you like patting so boys' fun. butts. I mean, it's really, <laughs> yeah, you're, just you're a butt any patter. Stupid, yeah. scatological thing he could yeah. think of to say. Yep. You're a turd eater or whatever. He just went <laughs> off. Just. And when it went on and on and on. Yeah, it, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable moment. Yeah. So, yeah. and Coach Fredericks is like sitting at home eating ice cream or something. And he just, <laughs> it, they get done, Bill gets done like ripping into him and he goes, okay, thanks. And he just hangs up and, and Coach <laughs> Fredericks has some, you know, some girlfriend there or something at the time. And she's like, who is it? Oh, just a friend. <laughs> there was like no conversation at all on his part. Just a friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But meanwhile, now doesn't he re record it? Cause he, no, I know the, I the real hilarity is just, and I don't know if you want to tell this part of the joke. That's fine. So <laughs> only because it's fresh in my memory. Cause I just watched it. I can, I can kind of, you know, rip, uh, you know, tell it out there anyway. Um, so the next day, so he must have gone and written down all this stuff like it was fresh in his head. So he must have written it all down and had it on paper. And mm. he goes into class and he says, all right, I don't know who thinks they're all funny, but somebody's making prank calls and I want to see everybody in my office one at a time. So he, he <laughs> makes all the kids like all, all, all these different kids read the script that that bill actually said to him about the being you're you like patting boys oh. butts you're a butt patter you're you smell like a turd or you're a turd or something oh like that. my god it's so funny and we have as the <laughs> as the viewers get to watch this speech reiterated over and over and over again in like little pieces from yeah. every every you know, 14-year-old boy in the school pretty much has to sit in the office and recite this. Yeah. A horrifying speech. And I'm, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to pull that chunk out of the DVD or or online or something and drop it in right here so we can hear this strange, <laughs> strange phone call that he did. It is so and funny and I, weird and the most embarrassing thing I think that anybody's ever been called upon to to speak. You know, in front of a teacher. Oh, yeah. But. So, and p kind of the funny part is how they they did it where they were cutting from kid to kid. Yeah, from kid to kid. So but, each one is doing the yeah. part of the speech. And Alan, of course, the bully uh, that, that uh, you know, Sam's bully, Alan, is in the class. Mm -hmm. 
And at one point, Alan's just laughing. He's like, I can't believe they they wrote this or they said this. You know, like Alan is just getting a kick out of it. And then uh, one of the one of the regular jock guys, he's like, Well, that's harsh, Coach Fredericks. That's harsh. (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, he does he does figure out who did it through this method, but. Just realistically, what teacher would just insist having every kid in the class, you know, recite this to him and have to hear it over and over and over again? It's it's just torturous. Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny little bit of uh, of stuff. Um, but I will say the, the like the one thing that that jumps out at me most that as funny as that whole thing is, it's really really relatable as far as being like the the smallest person or i was like the second smallest guy and we always got picked last so when we got we actually get picked it was exciting and then in in the game that that coach fredericks turned it around and let uh bill be the captain the other captain was crisp right gordon Uh crisp and uh and they're they're like they're showing this great they did this great music montage from uh, the song from Rocky. And uh, they're like, they, you know, Sam is pitching and he's like, he's not doing a good job pitching. And, and Bill is always like, he's a fascinated with the meeting on the mound. So he calls a meeting on the mound and they're like, what, you know, and Neil is the catcher. Sam is the pitcher. And uh, Bill is like shortstop. So they go do their meeting on the mound in their timeout. And Neil's like, what's going on? Meeting on the mound. What's up? And he goes, and Bill says, I just, I just always wanted to call a meeting on the mound. And Neil's like, oh, <laughs> cool. All right. That's cool. You know, like there's no point to it just, at all. Just yeah, other just than just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to be an observation. Like, oh, you know. this, is, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah, but, but you know what was kind of cool about that? I mean, of course, you know, there was the uncomfortableness, which they always give you in every episode. Yeah. And um, and the awkwardness. And uh, there was also, you know, the just the hilarity of this whole situation and the language you have to sit through. But in the end, once um, once the coach figures out that it is Bill and sits him down, Bill actually, you know, and says, why did you do this? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Bill actually got a chance to say Hey, listen, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being dumped on, and you're the one who lets it happen. And, you know, the um, Coach Fredericks is kind of like, well, what do you mean me? It's the rest of the kids who pick, pick you uh, or who, who don't pick you. And um, Bill says, no, but you have the power. You mm-hmm. have the power to stop this. Yep. And it's true. And, it, it, you know, and when we were back, I mean, these days, they don't allow this kind of stuff to go on to, you know, in a bullying type of fashion. Right. Um, but I don't – I remember when we were young – you just didn't give a shit how you felt about what everybody else in the class did to you. Stuff just happened, and that right. was, you know, like uh, the way it was. And it's true, him bringing that up and saying, listen, you're a party to this. It's your class. You're making us all feel this way. Yeah. And I think he made a point, and the light bulb went off, you know, in Frederick's file without ratting him out or, you know, suspending him or whatever else you might do mm-hmm. for that kind of a, of a trick. Um Turned it around and let those guys, you know, have their day where they got to pick the teams, which I think if I remembered, weren't the teams just like dismally bad anyway, because they didn't know what they were doing and they were supposed to be in charge. So 
So, but it was a moral victory. I'm really <laughs> glad that you brought that point up that Bill like stepped up. Yeah. When, when he was called out and and Coach Fredericks, you know, kind of put him on the spot, says, "Hey, look, I know it's you." You know, after he read, he says, "Say it lower, lower, go lower," <laughs> and and says, so "Okay, I think I've heard enough." And then he busts him, right? But Bill mm. really, Bill really was like, he was the man. He 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 stepped up and he said the way he said what he was thinking, like how he was really feeling, and and not just gonna back down because Coach Fredericks was a teacher. He says, mm-hmm. "No, look, you have all the power. You need to you need to listen to to us. You know, it's not it's not as simple as you know. It's just the other guys picking the teams. No." No, you, he does have all the power. And I love that about Bill. And he does that a couple times throughout the series. He kind of has a backbone. Um, mm-hmm. Like earlier on. Yeah, he, he tells the truth. Yeah. Like you don't you don't feel like he's doing it in this very aggressive way. Right. Because it's kind of Bill. But he will let it spill and he tells the truth and, and he gets it out there, you know, like you're saying. And he makes a point to people yeah. on this kind of stuff. So, yeah. I like oh, Bill. I love the geeks. I just they're those three guys. I relate to them so well uh, from my early high school years, and that's what makes this. I think that's what makes this show so special to me is because I was able to relate to the younger generation of this uh, of the groups. You know, like like you had mm. the, you had you had your relation you had your uh, you relate to Lindsay and that whole thing. Mm. And I totally relate to Sam. So it, it's really, it's, they, they just still, I'll go back and you've said it before and I've said it before, but they've really just nailed the whole feel of that era of how, Absolutely. To, uh, of how things were like with the teachers, you know, they really didn't give a crap what people, right. what shit, kids shit thought. Shit that we had to deal <laughs> with that maybe um, kids don't have to deal with then, with now. I mean, they have their own things that they're dealing with, which, uh, you know, we never had to think about. Right. But you you forget, you know, you forget that it mm-hmm. wasn't always a no no bullying tolerance type of thing. You know, you know, you were just like left out there on your own, swinging in the wind if somebody yeah. decided they were going to pick on you, or if you were that that uh, guy or that girl who was not a jock and was just always going to be the one that everybody threw the damn dodgeballs at. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was yeah. no escape from that. Yeah. There was no, no protection. No, there wasn't. Um, I remember I always played um, – I played deep center field uh, first when we were in softball. When we were doing softball for PE, you know, just uh, – or, mm-hmm. or maybe even uh, – what do they call it? Intramural? Like – I don't know. At lunch or something like, <laughs> like that. Like I told you, I was not a jock. <laughs> you know, they, they, well, they had like – I think it was called intramural sports or something – where at mm. lunchtime you would you would participate in these games of either softball or soccer or something like that. But I remember every time I was on the team, this one guy that was on the other team, um, Chuck, he was like a giant. <laughs> like I was I was the runt and he was the giant. But we had we we lived right around the. Uh, you know, we, we were friends because we lived just around the block from each other. And he always let me borrow his mitt, his baseball mitt. And I would be out in center field, and we'd always be on the opposite team 
for some reason. And so every time I was out in the field, I would use his mitt. And when he was out in the field, he'd, he'd take it back or whatever. But there were many, many times where I got really lucky <clears throat> and he, he was a big guy. So he was a heavy hitter and he could oh. nail that ball. And I was out in center field. He'd hit it to me all the time. <laughs> and I would, I would like aim you mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like, like he would just like, he would crank it out and he would hit these like deep balls in the center or, or either left or right. But I, I, caught that ball out several times with his own mitt, which was kind of, kind of ironic, go. you know? Yeah. Um, that's a little vindicating, right? Yeah, it, it was kind of <laughs> cool. So, but he, he never held it against me either. And he was always very cool about that, that part of it. Well, that's good. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. So anyway, um, so let's go back to the main storyline. The title of this store of this episode is the diary. Mm-hmm. And so Jean and Harold, for some reason, I can't remember how it came about, but somehow they they got Kim Kelly's mom to come over for dinner. And, yeah. And her mom told them, Kim Kelly's a bad seed. You know, she was talking about how, how great Chip is, her <laughs> the older brother, which is that guy, Michael, that wrote one of these episodes. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the Kim Kelly episode. Or the, uh, yeah, who basically, the, you know, you, you only see that brother, like, lounging on the couch in the middle right. of the day. And yeah, because the cops, cops beat him up again or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for no reason at all. Um, but anyway, so they have... Uh, they have this dinner with Kim Kelly's mom and she says, she's a bad seed. You should not let your daughter hang out with my daughter or something along those lines. And, and she says at some point, she goes, you know how I found out about it? I found out that she's whoring around and taking drugs is that I read her diary. <laughs> and, yeah, so, nice. and so it gives Jean and Harold the idea. Well, maybe we should check it or check her diary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they go the so like the next day or two or something, you know, Lindsay's at school and and Jean and Harold go home for or Harold comes home for lunch. Jean is always there, which is part of the storyline kind of. Um, so Harold comes home for lunch, and they start rummaging through Lindsay's room and they find her diary and they start reading it, and Jean is just taken back. She goes, "I can't believe I'm doing this." I this is just so wrong. It's an invasion. And they were very post. bad at, you know, the whole thing going <laughs> yeah. back and forth as far as whether they should be really, yeah. really should be searching through her room. Is she such a terrible kid that she needs to do this? And right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and once they do start reading, they realize it's not so much about all the terrible things Lindsay is doing, but mm-hmm. all the mean thoughts that she has about her parents and like mm-hmm. the very kind of vindictive way she's, that are looking at them and and dismissing their marriage as I never want to be like my parents. Yeah, they're robots. Which, yeah, yeah, which yeah. just knocked them for a, a complete loop. Yeah, especially Jean. She took it really yeah. hard. Harold was not so not so taken back by it, but Jean was really hit by this whole, you know, I don't want to be like them. They're just robots. And so, like, the next night or something or that night. Jean makes this, you know, Cornish hens dinner 
Oh, that's right. She says something like, "Yes, every meal is the same." She keeps yeah. making meatloaf or something yeah, like she that. Said, yeah, every yeah, it's always the same meal, you know. So you know, mom makes dinner, and then then dad comes home and barks out orders of what to do, and you know, complaints or whatever. So Jean tries to stir it up by making something. She said, "Oh, it's exotic. It's Cornish game hens. They're exotic." Yeah. And they're like, "They won't. They won't eat it." Yeah. Just like, Harold, like, Harold like what? is like <laughs> Harold's like being a full on dick at this point to to like to Gene. He's like making mm. fun of the whole meal and like taking the hen and and like acting like it's a puppet or something. And he throws it down <laughs> in his plate. He goes, "I'm gonna go make a sandwich." And it was very like very uh, very demeaning to Gene. It was and you could tell that it was hurtful. And uh, they eventually made up, and then they had, like, a sexcapade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because he was like, what the heck with the Cornish hens? I like meatloaf. Yeah. Keep making yeah. meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with me like the meatloaf? Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, for me, I'm a very simple eater also, okay? Like, my wife does not make a lot of exotic meals, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I could I could come home and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'm per I'm fine. I love I love those simpler meals. Now she does do you know she'll make something nice every once in a while, and it's great. But I really I could just go for like I'm like kind of like Harold. I, hey, I like a good meatloaf, right? <laughs> or, okay. It's really simple. It works, I guess. Yeah. Really, is that it? And even meatloaf, All American, you know. even meatloaf is not something that I normally would go to. I just, I like sandwiches. Just make me a sandwich. I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> in fact, I'm more well, of a that's... breakfast person. Like she makes me French toast every once in a while, you know, every, maybe once yeah. a month or five or six weeks or whatever on a weekend, of yeah, course, you know, and she'll make, she'll make French toast for me. And I love her French toast. It's really, really good. So anyway. Um, so they, they go through this whole thing where Jean is really having a hard time with like dealing with how she's being, oh, like judged by Lindsay and she wants to change and it, it's just, uh, it's a really, it's, it's really a deep twist into the, uh, the whole diary situation uh-huh. and they find out, like you said, it really wasn't about Lindsay being bad. It's more about just her complaining about the, yeah, her complaining about her family. The a term that I like to throw out there every once in a while that I remember from Happy Days called humdrum, <laughs> which mm. was I think Mork is actually the one that keyed that phrase about Richie Cunningham in Happy Days. He called it humdrum. So anyway. well, uh, there's a fine line between humdrum and happy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because meanwhile, so, yeah, everybody seems to be attracted to her family because they actually are a like functional a yes. unit. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That are you know support one another. So, you know, maybe you could look at the lack of dysfunction as being boring, or as being supportive and, um, you know, emotionally fulfilling. I guess to will, you know to have that in your life. Like it really is the most. The it's the closest thing to having a you know a true family core mm-hmm. um in the in out of everybody's life out of all these kids lives they don't have anybody they're the only ones that really have this 
family relationship where they sit down and have dinner with each other. Right, and worry about each other. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they argue and stuff. But I think one of the things that she finds out throughout this series is that as much as she thought her, you know, her parents are meddling and they're boring and, uh, you know, she felt kind of dissatisfied, mm-hmm. that in seeing other people's lives, she realizes that hers is pretty good in comparison. So, and I think that's something that you, you learn as you're, you know, maturing. You learn that your problems aren't, you're not the only one in the world with problems. And sometimes right. maybe you realize that you have it pretty good and that there's plenty of other worse situations you can be in. So, right. So, um, we usually like to talk about some of the music. Um, there's a couple odd songs in here that, that, um, I forgot that were even part of it. Like a journey to the center of the mind, uh, by the Amboy Dukes, which was Ted Nugent's old band. I believe. Wow. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you have like, uh, the language in our lungs, XTC. Well, I love XTC. No, that no, I don't language, know no language in our lungs. Hmm. Don't know that one. I can't remember what it sounds like right now. They always now. have very evocative titles. Yeah. Um, the theme from What's Happening was on there. <laughs> okay. And the overture from Rocky. And that was the that was the music montage where they got the one out and it was the first out of the whole of the whole baseball game. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like they're like celebrating <laughs> like they just won the World Series and mm. and and Alan goes, It's the first out, you morons. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah, I love like music series. I, I really like music montages. I think they're they're just so funny mm. to watch. So anyway, it's just a really fun episode. Um, one that I had to revisit and catch up on, but I forgot how much, how relatable it is. So, uh, you want to wrap this one up? Are we good? Yeah. Did yeah. You have, did, I, I... Anything else that you can think of that you want to talk about on that one? Um, no, I think that kind of wraps it up. Like you're saying, it was a little bit uh, more of like a deep episode involving her parents. So yeah. they had their own storyline in this. Yeah, yeah, they did kind of spin off on her parents, which is not usually what they do. They usually focus on all the mm-hmm. kids, but this one was really about Jean and, and Harold's relationship and uh, how they raise a family. So good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So um, with all that said, uh, we'll wrap this up. Follow us at Bonsai Retro Club. You can uh, bonsairetroclub.com. We are Bonsai Retro Club on Twitter. You got Suzanne as Suze Mataboni on Twitter. I'm 80s Auto Reverse on Twitter. And then you have Rose, who is 80s Music Girl on Twitter. And you can find all of us through the Facebook page as well. And uh, go on and leave reviews anywhere you listen to uh, the show. And we thank you all so much for listening. And as we always like to say, be excellent to each other. And we will... See you next time. Bye, Bye. Suzanne. Bye. There is no language in our love to tell the world just.
Papa! This is Ben, a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, Daniel-san! Hey, Bonsai! Bonsai!